This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hey guys, let me get you off to the right start on your online dating journey. And it is going to be a journey. Boy, do I promise you that. But do you want that journey to be a little less painful? Well, go to kristencarney.com slash dating help and I can help make that possible. I can help power up your dating profile. I can help fine tune your banter skills, which will take you to the next level and get you the girl that you want. So go to kristencarney.com slash dating help. That's kristencarney.com slash dating help. Want to know the hidden meaning behind what women say and do? Then check out the Chictionary. It's the Wing Girl Methods manual that gives you a full rundown of all the things women say that confuse men written in dictionary format. Go get a copy of the Chictionary by going to winggirlmethod.com slash chick. That's winggirlmethod.com slash chick. Coming up on this week's episode of the Ask Women podcast, we are going to dive into something we've never dove into before. We're going to talk about how to talk, not what to say, but how to talk with dialect coach and tonality expert, Jameson Bryant. She is going to tell you how to express yourself so that you sound more confident, more masculine, and overall more attractive to women. So keep listening. Welcome to the Ask Women podcast. I'm your host, Kristen Carney, along with Marnie Kinris. And today we're focusing on speaking and not really what to say, but how to say it. And we have Jameson Bryan on, who's a dialect coach, who's going to help us with that. Hello. Hi, Hello, Mrs. Bryant. Hi. <laughs> it's, it's, yes, thank you, Marnie. I know you haven't been able to call me Mrs. <laughs> no, well, now I have. But I, but just for people who are listening, I just want to give like a little bit of an of a introduction to Jameson. Jameson is one of my oldest friends, uh, probably one of my first friends that I made in Los Angeles. We lived in the same building with each other, quickly became friends. We used to go to 24 hour gym or whatever it's called. Whatever, what is it called? 24 hour. Yeah. 24, 24 hour, hour fitness. fitness. Yeah. yeah. We would go at one o'clock in the morning. I think we did that a On couple Ocean of times. Park. Yeah. It was amazing just to like say, who I the hell is here? Oh, so maybe we saw you there at some point. But honestly, no, like, no. we would go late at night because we didn't think anybody would be there, but it was seriously Right, and it's packed. all 24-hour fitness. I know. So we're like, who's taking <laughs> advantage of this? Take but, advantage of well, it. Well, what's yeah. crazy is they are not open 24 hours. They aren't? Wait, I didn't, which hour well, are they not I, open? Well, is it like no, a bar? Like, they close it, at 2? Well, what? it's weird. There's certain like Sundays they're not open. I think they might be open 24 hours generally. But they definitely close certain days where it's not always 24 oh, hours. That's anyway. very deceiving. Yeah, well, we never failed that. I but, want to work out 24 hours a day. Right. That's I don't, who I you don't are. Take an hour off. That's how you are in 2019. <laughs> but so, so Jameson and I would talk and she would talk about how she wanted to be a dialect coach. And I didn't really know what that was. But from, from what I understood, it was about teaching people how to do accents. So she would just start talking to me in all these different accents from all over the <laughs> world. And she was spot on for every single accent that she 
was doing. And then I'm so jealous. My accent is the same for no matter what country (laughs) or what language. It's like, oh, yeah, oh, it's just all the same. Well, that's how Jordan's is, my husband. His, he starts doing some sort of accent and then it always ends up being Indian in some way. (laughs) Oh my God. Jameson is spot on. She can like hear like every little nuance to different accents. Don't travel with me. I'm terrible in the airport. I just don't listen. I'm listening to everyone. And if my husband or anyone trying to talk to me, I'm not listening. Listening to you, listening to <laughs> other people, all the voices, well, which, is, yeah. which is really interesting because now you are a professional dialect coach. You work with tons of celebrities. You work on film sets, television sets, and you help people hone yeah. their skills um, with their tonality and also with uh, their cadence and different accents. Mm-hmm. And so, I always talk about in my coaching how. For women especially, it's not about what you say, it's about how you say it. And that's what I want to talk about with you today. Why is that important? Why is it important to women and why is it important in general? Well, I think that when we hear someone's voice, we there's so many layers to it because language, I mean, first and foremost, language is very tribal. And we kind of want to hear someone that we feel like we can be connected to. And I always have people, no one, for the record, no one likes the sound of their own voice. <laughs> I haven't met anyone. I, people like to, there's people that like to hear themselves speak. Right. But that's a different type of thing, right? So, but everyone, oh, I don't want to listen to myself. I, I don't like to listen to myself talk. Everyone says that. And I find that so interesting too. So what I try to do is get people to be comfortable within their voice and also kind of take note on what they like about their voice or what they like about other people's voices. And a lot of the times people say they like things to be smooth. They like a lower resonance, especially when it comes to men. I, I've worked with actors. I've worked with managers. I've worked with agents too that are working with actors because they have to pitch things and they have to be confident and close deals and whatnot. And they have their own self-hate of their voice, which is terrible. But we would talk about what we can do to change that a little bit or what about your voice don't you like? And I notice a lot of men telling me, oh, I feel like I sound too nasally or I feel like I sound like I'm talking through a fan or people have trouble understanding me. And mumbling is such a big factor, especially now. I hear it so much now. My own brother is such a good example. He's such a California boy surfer. And I'm, did we grow up in the same family? I don't <laughs> know. We, we have such a different way of speaking. And, um, you know, I've, done, I've gone to school for speech and language pathology. So learning all about different tones in people's voices, like you were saying, like strident or breathy or, you know, resonant. And there's all sorts of different vocal qualities. And I think the quality that is most appealing is one that kind of just is right in the middle. And that's, I think, also why standard American accents are so valuable in this way because we do everything pretty evenly. So I always have people coming to me, they want to work on their standard American. And we do, we use everything very evenly, but we also have a very, we, our pitch is really important when it comes to that and working out all those little hiccups in the pitch. Okay. Very interesting. Well, can you tell me why a voice that is a certain pitch, it has, like, as you were saying, a slower pace, lack of mumbling, um, the voice that some of these agents are, are are trying to achieve having. Why are these appealing accents and what about them 
says confidence. Like why? So again, it, it, it's not the words that are coming out of their mm. mouth. It's the way that they're expressing these mm-hmm. words. I, I, I don't know if there's an actual answer or maybe just like a gut feeling for you. But even like when you're speaking, I'm like, I want to listen to everything mm-hmm. that you're saying because you're doing exactly what you're talking about. Well, I think the first thing and the easiest thing to address is speech rate. How fast are you talking? How slow are you talking? And we tend to ramp everything up and we're overloaded anyway with everything that we have going on. But I think a lot of it's about speech rate and confidence is, I feel, starts with speech rate, slowing down, taking your time, formulating what you want to say, not being in a rush to get everything out. When people start to speed up, it's usually a sign of anxiousness, right? Usually a sign of being anxious and having anxiety about the situation. So slowing down, taking a breath. I think before, and to conquer speech rate, breath. (laughs) It's all about breathing. Yeah. All about breathing. Is there a point at which you're going too slow and it might be creepy? Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. (laughs) Well, then, and then when people get too slow, then what happens is sometimes you end up getting more of a monotone sound. So then you start talking like this and... Yeah, that gets creepy. <laughs> I'm just creeping myself okay. out. Um, but yeah, there's there's too slow, but there's also pausing and without putting too much filler. We use a lot of filler. I think that's another sign of feeling anxious, saying like, you know, like, um, exactly. And um, uh, uh, And it's really hard for us to just stop and just breathe. And I think when I see someone that, has a nice, I, w- I listen to a lot of radio, I listen to a lot of NPR, KPCC. And I was hearing Brian Cranston the other day on The I Frame. I love Brian Cranston. Ugh, love him. Yeah. And he had such a beautiful speech rate and he would stop and pause and think about what he wanted to say next. And that's so sexy because you, you're, you're commanding the room. You don't need you don't need to get every word in edgewise. You are taking the time for yourself to focus on what you want to say. And there's thought in that and there's care in that. Do you, do you, do you think that there's intention in that? Is he doing that on purpose or is that just the way he speaks because he's confident naturally? I feel like it's probably both. Also, you know, he's a very trained, respected actor and he's this, he was talking about, uh, he's doing network on Broadway right now. So he's talking. So when, if you're on Broadway, you better, you better have had some training. So, yeah. so I think he's aware of it. I think it might come naturally to him at this point, but I think that he's aware of it. Right. Like, so it's kind of like a chicken and egg scenario question. Do you think he spoke like that to get where he is today? Or because he got so far, he's calmed down in his speech and has that tonality I'd be now? very curious to see or to hear what he sounded like when he was first yeah. starting his career. I would hedge a bet that that would be different than what he sounded like when I heard him yesterday on the frame. I feel like that would be different. I think maybe a speech rate would be different. So you can, you can work up to where he is. Absolutely. It's not like you're going to right from the get go, be just calm and collected. How does someone get to that place? Well, I usually always start people out with breathing and just using your diaphragm more because we tend to just speak from the back of the throat or the, or the chest. And there's two different types of breathing. There's deep diaphragmatic breathing. Anyone who's taken a yoga class has probably heard that word. 
and then uh, clavicular chest breathing. And when we run fast, if we sprint down the hallway, yeah, we need to use our, our chest. We need to get that oxygen to our lungs as quickly as possible. But when you're in a calm state, it should be from your diaphragm. Also, when you're breathing from your diaphragm, you don't have all this tension in your neck. And that's another sign, even though maybe we're not taking stock of it. But I think that's another thing that we recognize and we see tension in someone. Right now, everyone that comes to me has been complaining about tightness in their jaw. Mm-hmm. And it is such a thing. It's kind of an uh, epidemic right now. And Do you know how to get rid of that, actually? Yes. I just had someone in yesterday, and he's from Oklahoma, and he does not use his jaw, period, the end. So he started doing exercises to open up his jaw and to move it around and doing really careful exercises and, and kind of facial rotations and stretching it out. And he couldn't believe how different his face felt. Yeah. Wait, so what is what does it feel like to have a tight jaw? I don't really know. Like, I'm how pretty does sure you recognize? have one. Oh, you're the <laughs> only sure one. My, you're my, the only my one. Butt, my butthole is tight. Like, <laughs> yeah. obviously my jaw is going to Well, be that's tight. actually, that's a, that's a technique singers use. Uh, when they need to hit a high note, they'll clench. They'll clench their <laughs> They'll butt? clench down there. Yeah. Ah, so. Okay. I mean, so, so speaking and expressing yourself really, really involves high. your entire body. I know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're like the highest fish person ever. Everyone's, everyone's clenching their butt. Yeah. Right? <laughs> well, so, I, um, so our friend actually just went to this massage therapist and physical therapist because he was experiencing uh-huh. a lot of tension. I forget exactly where it was. And the guy said, do you mind if I do something? I, he washed his hands. He said, open your mouth. And for about five minutes, mm. he massaged like the very back um, behind his molars and like and just there. And he just massaged massaged on both sides and it just like took all the tension out from um his face and from somewhere else in his lower back and like his hip and it just like alleviated all of this tension because it's true that's where we hold a lot a lot of our tension um so i wanted so what is oh sorry go on but wait quick question if you're if you're tight in the jaw what does that lead to in your speech less Less, less like, flexibility. Yeah, you, you talk you like don't this. Open you talk like this. Much, so there's less clarity. Okay, okay. Right? You, start, you start just like kind of like doing that got and it. like whatever's easiest, and you're just kind of like, oh yeah, whatever. Yeah, you sound like you have a broken right. neck, kind of almost. Yeah, and then you start doing things like vocal fry, which you just like, you know, like oh, I don't know, like whatever. And then that that starts to happen. You start to close down. Interesting. You close down even kind of emotionally when you have the stress there, and you feel like that would be a hard thing to do to open up. Also, if you try to open up and it's not flexible, it clenches back. Just like when you do, if you try to stretch and touch your toes and you're not very right. flexible. Right, stiffen up even more and it's, it's, not, it's, not, it's not, yeah, not a it's not like a, a, a free flow. <laughs> right, you can't so if get a guy, So if a guy is on a date with a girl mm-hmm. and he starts talking about her jaw being loose, it's not because he's being <laughs> Because he's looking through a podcast. Or what if he's on a date and he's like, do you mind just like massaging <laughs> yeah. the back of my mouth for a second. I feel a little bit tense right now. Um, well, so I, I think this is a really good conversation because so, okay, here, here's the thing. We've talked about this a million times. People who are good looking have their foot in the door, right? People who are not as attractive can do a million other things to spark equal levels, if not higher levels of attraction with their personality, with the way that they dress, the way that they carry themselves and the way that they speak. This is a component of it. So the people that are listening to the show, number one, how do they find out if their tonality is crap? And they're, they're not speaking as fluidly and as confidently as you're talking about. And then number two, 
what do they do about it? Like, what are the first steps? I know you said breathing is is important, but maybe the second and third step after that, what can they do to improve the way that they express themselves? Some people have a pretty good understanding of their own vocal perception, and maybe they've been told before that they they mumble or they talk too fast or, or they sound too feminine. And if you're comfortable with your with your voice and how you sound, no matter what that might be, great. If it's something that that is stopping you from doing more and achieving the things that you want or meeting the person you want to meet, just those kind of things that are closing you off, yeah, then it's it's good to work on that. But the there's a lot of exercise. Of course, I was talking about breathing. I have so many, and I'm always thinking of new ones. I joke that things that keep me up at night is like, what can I do to make this person know? <laughs> and there's, um, I do a lot of loudness exercises. I work with a rapper and he was finding that he had to write his verses in order to match how much he could actually fit in on one bar. And he was having a, a lot of trouble with that. So we also talked about breath support in order to give yourself a little bit more room to move. But as far as tone and, and changing your pitch, there's exercises for nasality. We tend to, we have three nasal, I don't want to get no, too- No, get into um, that because I think that that's really, <laughs> because it's really important. I think that that- Nerd alert. Yeah, no, it's good nerd alert. <laughs> but there's, there's three sounds for, especially for English, three sounds that are nasalized. It's M, N, and the N-G sound, the ing. And if you were to lightly touch your your nostrils, like with your fingertips, just lightly touch them and make a make an M sound, like mmm, you'd feel a little vibration on your nose. And that's because there's a flap in the back of your your nasal cavity called the velopharyngeal port. No one has to remember that, but it's like a little trap door, and it closes when we make those nasal sounds. So if you were to wait, make the same M sound, but then completely seal your nostrils shut and then say, mm. <laughs> nothing would happen because you, you closed the nostrils and sealed the, them in the front. And then that little trap door closed and air has nowhere to go. So those sounds are the nasal sounds. And what we tend to do is we hypernasalize other sounds that aren't supposed to be, especially when they're next to a nasal sound. So if I say something like, um, man, and if I lightly plug my nose and it's na- too nasal, it's going to sound like this. Man. Right. But now if I drop into my, into my, you know, more of my chest voice using that lower end of my speech mechanism, which is from your diaphragm up into your head and drop out my vowel, that's not supposed to be nasalized. And I get man, man. So that, that man, nice and nasal, man, dropping it out. And we tend to just stay in that one spot and we tend to talk right between our ears because we hear ourselves better. Everyone should try this who's curious about this. Going next time you're at a loud bar or restaurant, talk to the person across from you, your friend or you know, whoever you're with, and try two things. Saying, can you hear me? And then try, can you hear me? And the first one I did took a lot more effort. The second one, not so much right. effort. And they're picking up those lower frequency tones. Just like when a car pulls up next to you on the street and you don't know what song they're listening to, but you hear and feel the bass. That's, that's that lower frequency. Well, I'm so glad that you just brought up talking in a bar because I mm-hmm. get really self-conscious in a bar if I'm trying to talk to, especially a guy, and I'm shouting. <laughs> and I 
I don't know if we can hear ourselves as well as they can, because I almost feel like I'm talking too loud, but they seem to be able to hear me, but I can't hear myself. Is that normal? So I seem, I think I overcompensate and talk extra loud, but it's because <laughs> I'm not hearing myself. Well, it's, it's hard when you, when you, you might be doing it, I mean, I have to have to be there to hear it, but you might be doing it actually better if you're talking louder and you're not hearing yourself as well, that might actually be better mm. because we tend to compensate and talk in our head, head voice, thinking that, okay, I can hear myself. So that person must be able to hear me. But what's happening is all those sound molecules are getting absorbed by all the fun stuff we have in our skulls and not using that, that chest voice, which is kind of your, your ribs and your, your, all your clavic, clavicle. That's your built-in amplifier. That's your that's a, that's your speaker. So you might be using more of that and you might not be able to hear yourself as well, but that other person is definitely hearing you better. Okay. They're like, okay, turn it down. Just a <laughs> or, I mean, you know, to experiment with the next time, try to talk more and, and try to adjust those levels and see if when, you know, when you start to do, can you hear me? Also that hurts after a while. And then you wake yeah. up the next day and you like, oh my God, what's wrong with my voice? So. What do you think about what do you think about not projecting as much in terms of an attraction thing, Marnie? I would like your thoughts on this too. But rather than talking louder, what do you think about leaning in to the person at the bar and kind of talking into their ear? Well, Ooh. take a step back. It depends on who was yeah. doing it, right? <laughs> so let's say that you're not attracted yet and somebody leans in. Are you mm-hmm. open to that? And if you like a you're envisioning somebody you're attracting, attracted to, right? You might pull So <laughs> overall, would you prefer somebody leaning in? Are you open to somebody leaning in? Oh, yeah. If I, if I like that person, yeah, come on in. Um, if, if I'm not sure about them, I want my personal right, space. But if you don't, yeah. I can almost envision it where I've had someone lean into my ear and mm-hmm. I kind of lean close to them to listen and then I pull back and, I, and then I talk at a further away distance to kind of mm. let them know. Um, but I think that could be a good signal for guys if she leans in and talks into your ear and kind of continues to stay in that position. Obviously, right, in that space to get close to you. That's yeah. really good. Oh, we're going to take a quick break and then I do want to come back um, and I want to talk more about we different do. exercises that I, <laughs> I do, even with you, Kristen, and your tight butthole. <laughs> surprise, um, surprise. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Oh, it's loose now, baby. Oh, it's loose. Thank (laughs) God. Thank God. Um, All right. We'll be back in a moment. We want our lives to be full, full of love, full of joy, but mostly full of hair. So if you're losing your hair, you guys should check out 4 It's a one-stop shop for all things men's wellness. And it couldn't be easier. It's such a quick process. You don't have to go to the doctor. You don't have to wait in lines. You don't have to spend hundreds because right now, if you guys go to forhims.com slash wants, you get everything you need to keep your hair for just $5 today right now while supplies last. Check out their website for full details and safety information. But like I said, hundreds, it would cost hundreds if you went to the doctor pharmacy. So go to forhims.com slash wants. That's F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash wants. forhims.com slash wants. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, we are back with Jameson Bryant, the lovely and talented, talented, look at me, I'm Come on, Mark. <laughs> guessing all of my wording now because you're listening to my voice. Everyone says this, everyone, they're, oh my gosh, I'm speaking so differently to you right now. Oh, I am, totally, I'm totally I can tell Marnie different. is talking different. Yeah, I'm she talking normally slower. Is. You are and you sound more, you sound sexier. There, oh. see, it works. Yes. It works. We should have a guy on the show to show how sexy it is. But it is. It's very, it is very <laughs> sexy. Um, people, but you're right. People who are too slow, I find extremely annoying. I find myself tapping my foot if they're a little bit too slow. Yeah, it's like um, mm. I, I did. Want, yeah, there's definitely a happy medium. Yeah. Well, I, I, I did want to ask you one question, and we kind of touched on it a little bit, but I don't know if you know the answer to this. But I know we've talked about confidence and how you know it. When you do speak slower, you have the right cadence, you have the right pitch, you have a good um, speed rate. It does say something about you. But why are those things important to women specifically? I know we touched on that for a second, but I'd, I'd love if you could go into a little bit more detail if you if you have that detail for us. I mean, I don't I don't have any kind of research for that, but just in my own for my own self. I think that the way someone sounds it may make you feel if you're it like I think about my husband's voice I'm going to get a little gushy here. I love oh, I love his voice so much. Stop bragging. Oh my god. Some of us are single. <laughs> <laughs> he has such a good voice and I I'm I he makes it makes me feel safe. I think that's I mean it's sexy but my it's, it's voice as well. but it's confident. Yeah, it makes me feel it makes me feel like he's got it, you know, he's got it under control and, and he's, and he's confident and he chooses his words carefully and, and he's very, he's a very thoughtful speaker. And I think a lot of it comes from, yeah, feeling like someone can, can be, I think another thing about relationships is that you want to be with someone that would be perfectly okay by themselves. You know, you don't want anyone to depend, depend too much on you. So you want to feel like someone is is okay on their own. And I think voice tells you a lot about that, how secure someone is. I agree with you, definitely. I totally agree. Well, why don't you tell us, if you're comfortable, a little bit about how you met your husband and maybe that first interaction? Because a lot of guys are always writing in, asking questions of where do I meet mm. women and what do I do when I see a woman that I'm attracted to? And you have an interesting story. So uh, if you're comfortable, I'd love if you could could share remembering that there's, there's guys on the other end who may want to in some way replicate mm. what your husband potentially did. Well, we met through a friend and the first time I actually met him, he came to my house because they, uh, they, he was going with my friend to a party and they had a bunch of mutual friends together. And she noticed that he was interested in me and she was our yenta and and kind of pushed pushed us to each other a little bit in this kind of you should call her kind of thing 
Of course, I think at that point, I he didn't call me, but I got a Facebook message because this is the new world order. But that was that was a long time ago. Still, did you like that? Yeah, because I I had just gotten out of a very long term relationship, so I wasn't jumping at the bit. Like I was kind of like, oh, like right. I thought he, I was attracted to him when I first met him. I did like his voice a lot, and <laughs> I kind of was like, okay, he's cute. Hmm, okay, didn't really think too much of it. And then, uh, and then he wrote to me asking if he, if I'd like to go get a coffee with him sometime and which ended up turning into a little picnic, which was very cute. And then I remembered he was a musician at the time and he was in a band and he was a guitar player. And I was like, oh, get in (laughs) this, you know, I was kind of, I'm going to take, I'm just going to step very far back here. And the thing that actually, and we we would run into each other. We would see each other with friends. We would end up just talking to each other, ignored everyone else. But I still had this trepidation about it. And then can you, he can you went, tell me why? Because I was assuming that he, you know, when he's touring and he meeting, he's meeting all these women and he's just having right. a good time. So I, and even though I didn't want anything serious, I just kind of didn't want to get attached to that and get my heart broken. And then he went on tour. He went to South by Southwest and I was like, I'm not going to probably hear from him, whatever. No big deal. I'm fine. Well, actually, <laughs> and, let me take a step back for one second. Because yeah. you thought these things mm. were, how did you behave? Were you just letting him kind of do all the the work to initiate? Yeah, I think I, I think I did. Okay. <laughs> I think I did. But you, but you and, were responsive, obviously. Yes, I was responsive, and but I kind of yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't, yeah, I didn't text him too much, or or I didn't, I didn't usually make plans first. You were like protecting yourself, and yeah, I was definitely protecting myself. And he was very respectful, and he knew that I had been in a long term relationship, and almost too respectful. Where it got to the point where I was like, oh my god, does he like me? I think he does. And then right. finally, we made out. And it was great, but uh, but still, after 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 we'd had that first kiss, I kind of still had all these feelings and trepidation about it. And then he went to go play this festival. Kind of assumed I wouldn't hear too much from him, and he checked in with me in this really beautiful way. Just hey, w- we just finished our set and it went really good. We're gonna go get barbecue again because we're in Austin. You know, and just, and very, like, just funny, kind of, and very sweet about, how, you know, how was your day? And I, and I just thought, oh, crap, I really like him. Right. <laughs> but I liked him checking in, not, not annoying. He wasn't doing it all the time or feeling like he had to, something to prove that I'm not doing anything. And we didn't even have that conversation. He was just a nice human being. And I love that. How long was that process to get from him, you thinking he was a musician that wouldn't be accessible to that transition. I think it was about when I finally felt like, okay, I want to say it was probably around, yeah, March. So three, no, probably four or five months. Oh, wow. Okay. So that's like a long stretch of time. And how often were you guys seeing each other in that, in that time period? Maybe, maybe two or three times a week. Yeah. But we were taking it, we, we were both, like I said, respecting of each other's 
individuality and and our own kind of time. And so we just enjoyed each other's company, but we didn't move into full-on relationship title until about four or five months. So even though he was hanging out with you two or three times a week and you were doing whatever you were doing, you were still nervous about him being free and with other girls. Uh, if he were to say to you, or would there have been something that could have been said during that time period that could have made you feel better, but still would have you feeling attraction towards this? Or do you think that the openness of it without conversation was just as like, what would have been more helpful and what would have been attractive? Do you like how the process went? I love how the process went because I, I don't like to move too fast. And because I had just come out of a five-year relationship about three months before I met him, I didn't want to move too fast. So I was happy with the speed. I know I have a lot of, I have one friend in particular who moves very fast and wants things out on the table. Let's go. What's going on? And that's, that's not me personally. I, I need to really have a good, strong opinion about someone, but that's, that's me. But I, I really liked the, the, I think that four to five months of this kind of courtship really worked for me. But that's right. That's well, he would, but he also wasn't disappearing. No, exactly. What, why wasn't being ghosted? Right. I wasn't, <laughs> none of that was happening. No. Yeah. He was very consistent, very present Con- and very consistent. Present. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Okay. Can, yes. you, can you give us a little bit of insight into your friend that does like things to happen really quickly? Yeah. Uh, she is brilliant and she is so open to new experiences and she does move at a very fast pace. She wants, she wants answers quickly. She wants to figure something out. She wants to, she's kind of like that overachiever. I love that word. Um, and, and has trouble slowing down, but you know, she, that's her. And she wants to know, she wants the facts and the answers right away where I think someone like my personality is is okay with kind of finding them out gradually in more of a natural way, where I think she kind of wants to know what's happening, what's going on. Okay, are they on board? Even if I'm not on board, I want to know if they're on board or not kind of thing. How does she usually approach that? How does she ask? She's pretty, pretty forward about it. She'll just ask and say, what are, I would like to see you more often. That's something that I think- Does it scare guys away? It does sometimes. Um, she said, you know, I want to see you more often and they kind of get this and that, which I think is a good way to open up that conversation. If you want to have it, I think that's a good way to, to, to state it, to say, Hey, I'd like to see you more often. I have a really nice time spending time with you. I think for a woman, that's a good way to gauge what Where she's at. someone's feeling and open up that dialogue. Um, so she's, so she's not afraid of rejection. No. It sounds like, which is, which it is, is awesome. awesome. She's very confident, very secure in herself. And she knows when it's time to kind of move on in that sense. How old is she? She's just 30. <laughs> no, I, you know what? I was listening okay. to some of your other shows. <laughs> oh God, judging and, our voices. Um, like, turn like, the thing off. <laughs> <laughs> Never. Not at once. For? They should be near a microphone. <laughs> yeah, right. Can I do the yeah. show? Um, <laughs> um, I, but I, that's such an important question. I noticed you guys asked that. How old is this person? How old is... Uh, Everyone on the show seems to ask that question right away. And I think that's such an important question because it gives a lot of insight into 
into. Yeah. Cause I mean, if she's 22 and being that forward, it might be detrimental to her because, you know, she might be dating people in her own age mm-hmm. bracket and they're just not looking for something as serious mm-hmm. at that age. But if she's 30, 35, 45, you know, it just makes much more sense to be. I mean, you could be clear at any age, but mm-hmm. I think it just makes more sense. I've known her, where I've known her for about advice. nine or 10 years. And and like she's, that. yeah, she's, and like I said, she just, I, I, I'm 35 and well, almost 35. And I was waiting so long for her to turn 30. Mm-hmm. Right. Are you, why are you 30 yet? What is wrong with you? <laughs> it's like you're asking, Ugh, like, let's get there. And so when she turned 30, I was so excited. And, um, but she's always kind of been like that. She's always been pretty direct. Um, but I think, and I think that I've told her, numerous occasions that I, I do think it's better that she dates someone a little bit older than her because she just has those types of sensibilities, just more of a mature person. So okay. Interesting. I, I did want to get into some questions from our listeners if you're open to answering questions. Sure. Okay, good. I'll do my best. All right. <laughs> I'm a listener, first-time writer, love what you guys have put together and how it is delivered to us men in a very practical and actionable manner. Keep it up. You have given men a guide in maneuvering through so much of our unknown. What? Martin, your voice sounds really awesome. <laughs> I don't know what to do about that guy. Suck it up. No, I didn't. Did you change? I the, didn't change anything. Did you change this? No. Now is that what? Is it okay? You didn't change anything? No. Oh, geez, I'm bending over to read because I can't see. So I met this girl <laughs> through a meetup for a hike. Oh, that must be it why. was the, it was only us two, but had no romantic intent, strictly hiking. And then we met, and I immediately liked everything. We clicked and had a great time, and we shared a lot in our mentality and overall outlook in life. She lost something while on the hike, and I was able to help her relocate it through the internet. As a thank you, she wanted to treat me to dinner. We then had a few beers at a couple of places, and I walked her home, hugged her good night, and that was that. We have texted here and there, and it feels like there's chemistry there, but I don't want to cross the line if she maybe just envisioned me as a hiking buddy. We have since gone on another hike, and a friend of hers joined. Not sure if this was for her uh, this was for her to feel me out, et cetera, but I was involved and conversations all day were engaging. Good times were had. I feel like I need to ask her out and re- relay my intent to be more than friends. Thoughts, Lewis? I think, I think, yeah, I think he needs to ask. How, how, did he kind of clarify how many? He's, he's kind of said they've done it a couple of times. They've gone, like, they've gone another hike. A friend came with. Um, I don't know their age. That's the thing. Anybody who writes in, start saying how old you are because it does, it does play a factor in in the way that we sort of answer these questions. Um, but but he is basically saying they had a good time. He helped her do something. They were having good conversations. But he doesn't. The the the, the line that stuck out for me is I don't want to cross the line if she's just envisioning envisioning a hiking buddy. Mm. That. That I yeah, find really... I mean, the hug, the hug kind of scares me. We hug goodbye. Hug is a very friendly thing. I really, I don't hug a guy that I'm into because I'm too uncomfortable. What do to you hug do? I, <laughs> what do you do? <laughs> um, jump on him and immediately right. sleep that, with him. That is a long line. Yeah, no, I um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. I don't know. Zero I think. I think I probably get a little bit uncomfortable and kind of maybe do like a fake like lean and like, oh, would we hug? Would we not hug? Okay. And like, like smile and giggle if I was into him. But if I lean right into a guy and I'm like, this was fun. Like, thanks for hanging. Oh, and I give yes, a hug. I agree. 
I yeah. agree with that. Well, what about the pat? I do the pat. The pat, like, the just hug, the hug, pat, like the bro hug. I do the bro hug. Yeah. Hey, great hiking be- with you. Yeah. Like, oh, great. Yeah. Good. That's so fun. Pat, I think pat. the pat is a signal of of friends too. Yeah. It yeah. could be yeah. A, a signal of awkwardness, but also probably more likely friends. Yes, a hug for sure. Be, and a confident it, hug. Yeah. yeah. If someone's like right into it and just goes into it, they do not care about you at all. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they don't care if you die in five minutes. A hug can be signaling. Like if you give someone a, a close kind of tighter hug versus the previously, previously mentioned bro pat. Um, can because that was something that kind of happened a while uh, a few times before my husband and I ever hooked up where where he would hug me and I was like whoa this is a nice hug yeah <laughs> but I'm nothing it. right right yeah but oh. but I know ne- and I didn't do the pat because I was like I'm kind of leaving this open but I definitely do that with a lot of my guy friends just and just naturally just that kind of pat pat um, I wonder if the pat pat is to say okay let go now well yeah like quick like quick hug yes here we did it look we did it you know high five (laughs) yeah Yeah. i I do that too it means it's like okay i'm done i'm about to exit this hug just letting you know so you can Mm -hmm. release your arms Mm -hmm. but it is true when there is someone that i do like to be honest whether it's a woman or a man um if i Mm -hmm. if i if i do have that like connection towards them my hug is not well thought out. It's just like, it's kind of like what you were talking about with tonality at the beginning of the show. It's like, it's a different tone. It's a little longer maybe. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I'm okay to Mm -hmm. pull away a little bit slower. Whereas if there is a friendship, it's Mm -hmm. like in and out really fast. I like it. It's a a tight hug. And then I, I'm out of there very quickly. Mm -hmm. That's interesting because we are all actually three very different personality types. Um, and we are all kind of saying the same same hug etiquette. Yeah, exactly. Well, like for example, I I was just staying at a friend's place, and we've been friends for probably ten years. He's a buddy of mine, but he's he's a married man. But you know, so he's a guy. And when I was leaving, I was just like, "Oh, cool, thanks." Like, give me give me a quick hug. And me saying, "Give me a quick hug," was like, "We're we're really good buds." Mm. And I would have never, if there were feelings there, the hug would have not existed whatsoever. For sure. Interesting. Okay. Very interesting. Wouldn't have existed for you. Very Mm -hmm. good points, ladies. I like this a lot. I do want to touch on one thing, again, that I mentioned that Lewis had said, where he said, it feels like there's chemistry there, but I don't want to cross the line if she maybe just envisioned me as a hiking Mm -hmm. buddy. And this is a message I want to send to everybody who's listening. As important as it is to respect a woman and her choices and what she wants, that does not mean that you have to forget about what you want as well. So, Lewis, if you just want a hiking buddy, then that's great. You guys are on the same page. And if she wants to go after you, she can make that known for you. But you obviously want mm-hmm. more. You sense chemistry is there. You'd like to take this to another level, which means that you have to ask for that next level. And the only toes that you're going to be stepping on, um, if you ask, or I don't even know how to phrase this, but it, you're not stepping on anybody's toes. You're not creeping anybody out and you're not going to be insulting anybody by asking for what you want because that's the only way that you're going to get it. Just because she wants a hiking buddy doesn't mean that you have to completely shut off all of your sexuality and all Mm -hmm. of your desire for her, hoping that one day she's going to open up to you. You have to go for what you want and she also has the right to say no to it if she doesn't want it. So I would stop hiking with her on a platonic level ask her out and see if she does want to take it to that next level and be something more than just your hiking buddy. 
Those are my and thoughts. And since this is overanalyzed well, this, I'm curious what you guys think. <laughs> if I liked a guy, I do not go hiking with him, especially at the beginning, because I look really ugly and I look like I'm struggling. <laughs> so I think that's another sign and in my world. But we had someone on our show recently who said like her first date, she loves to do a hike. I would never in a million years. Oh my God, full light, like sunshine. Where's, like, where is he from? Oh, I, there, no, it, I don't know. That's the, we, I, I don't okay. get that information. Yeah. Because I was going to say, if you go, if you want to go, I feel like going hiking in Runyon is like a, a, a level in rela- in your relationship. Like that's yeah, kind of, right. it's, it's, a, big it's a big deal. Step. It's a big right. deal here. Right. No pun intended. <laughs> I do kind it's a big of agree. Step. I'm trying to think if I had a first date hiking. <laughs> I think I would have been open to it. I, I, well, you well, went bowling I was, with... With your husband and wore sweatpants, so I think you'd be open to hiking. Right, exactly. I totally would. <laughs> they were such cute sweatpants, and he was totally opposed. Um, wow, you're ahead of the trend. I know, <laughs> good joggers. Nice. But, uh, I'm trying to think. So, actually, one of the first dates that my husband did ask me to go on, which I turned down because I wasn't available, he had asked me to go walking around the farmers market. That was supposed to be our first date. Mm. Maybe that's a little bit more date ish. I'm I'm not opposed to a hiking date. It definitely does seem more casual. And that's fine mm-hmm. to be more casual mm-hmm. and to get to know each other. Well, then when you do go on that, you know, that dinner date that, you know, it's going to kind of feel that much more special. Yeah. I, I'm just saying that it, it's not a negative thing or it's not yeah. like, it, it's not like I'm automatically putting you in the friend zone if I say, let's go friend for a hike. Right. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's just very individual. But if you can choose something else, that might be a better option to go on a hike because it is sort of asexual. It's sort of asexual. Like hiking is, right? I don't know. But then if you're wearing one of those, you know. Yeah. How is she dressing on the hike? Yeah. She how is really she dressing great. on right. the hike? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> she wearing the matchy, matchy thing. What's... Is she wearing heels? Right. That's true. <laughs> that's true. I'm just saying that that's meeting as his first yeah. date option that he could switch it up a little bit but i guess if a girl is really into mm. you it doesn't really matter where you take her because she's into you already and she's still going to try and look her best try and say the best thing possible to make mm. you attracted and into her yeah but see how you guys do in a different environment if she you know she's open to yeah so i would say lewis ask her to go somewhere else and tell her not to bring her friends with her next time anyway i <laughs> yes. think you're a murderer <laughs> Because you, right, exactly. you don't hike with someone. You don't hike with Yeah, he's like, well, let's just go in this direction. I know there's no signs here, but anyway, uh, Jameson, thank you for coming onto our show and sharing these important tips and tools that you... You're I, welcome. Yeah, I, so I know we didn't get to do a lot of the exercises, but it's also kind of hard to talk about that when... Because um, a lot of them, you kind of have to see me. Well, I actually <laughs> think that. that a lot of the way that you spoke during this interview is... It's just the best example possible for men to try to emulate. Actually, I will. I will ask one more question. Who Hmm. Who would you say? Give me three people that men could listen to that could help them learn to gain the voice that you're talking about. Because a lot of guys can go home and they can record themselves and they can hear what they sound. Um, And to practice, they can continue recording themselves until they sound like who. Okay, so I can't think of anyone off the top of my head like that I that really resonates with me that I'm I would say 100%, but I have a text from a client I won't name his name, but he he wanted to work on on his American accent and he told me he said Bradley Cooper. Okay. Which I was like, okay, yes. I I like I do like his voice. He sounds he he has more of the kind of that friendly 
congenial voice. Christian Bale, when he's doing either British or American, but I think most of us know him as an American accent. Um, But he said those two guys specifically. So I I thought that was interesting. Well, you said Brian Cranston was a good one to listen to as well. Brian Cranston was such a great one, especially a good measure of, of speech rate, I think is is really oh you know um you know who's an example of someone a little bit slower that I find interesting I just heard him on Fresh Air I'm just plugging I know seriously today. <laughs> as you, as you <laughs> next one uh, on Ask Women <laughs> we're so far away from NPR it's unbelievable Marnie you're um, you're, I tried to you're get on your way. there at one point <laughs> you did yeah so oh, long wow. ago but yes I did obviously try again uh, Remy Malik who's that uh, had a very slow he played uh, Freddie oh, Mercury yeah, that's mm-hmm. and, you know yeah. what I do like his voice I do I don't like his yeah, face he has when he speaks much... but I like his voice <laughs> His speech rate is, is, I'm, I'm not sure if I'm, how I feel about it, to be quite it's honest. I, it's, it's, it right? is very slow. Yeah. I think that's but what I makes won- him really intriguing though. Cause he's interesting mm-hmm. looking, he's slowly. Yeah. But he's confident what he's saying. It's not like a monotone, slow, he is having issues. Right. It's, it's a very, cal- it's a little calculated, but it's, it's, it, it does pull you in a little bit. But I think it's also because mm. he has that face. that he the, It's the full package, I think, to be honest, that mm. goes with that mm. speed. But, but Well, I was listening to him on the, on the show, so, and, I, and I know what he looks like. I mean, I'm not, I don't, I don't have strong feelings about him, but I, 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 listening to his voice, I was, I was like, oh, this is a much slower speech rate than what you normally hear which I think is a good example because anything that someone would try to do right now without any any coaching if they were just to listen to someone by example they would they would think they're slower but maybe not even slow enough cuz there's always your own perception right. I'm speaking slow well maybe maybe a little bit but not you could do a little bit more okay so, great examples and a way yeah. to practice this this is what I would advise people to do I'm not a dialect coach but for guys who come to me who say that they're having some difficulty with their voice and they don't want to be as monotone or they don't want to sound as feminine, I tell them to grab a book and grab a recording device. Everybody has a phone now that you can record your voice on and read a paragraph from a book out loud and play around with your voice. Try something really loud. Try try speaking from your diaphragm. Mm. Try doing it nasally just to, just to hear how all, all the different variations uh, you can create with your voice and that's great and then if there's something that you're aiming for you can just continue to record your voice read that same paragraph and practice it you can do it slower you can do it by bouncing your voice around there's just a whole bunch of things that you can do and then at the point i know you even said that most people don't like listening to their voice but at the point where your voice is tolerable to you then start practicing that around other people and just see how and if they respond differently to you because i will say that like when okay so the way Jameson's talking on the show I'm leaning in I I can't help but lean in I, the entire episode I've been leaning in because I want to hear what's going and it's to, not just because we can't right, hear exactly her. it's like I, I want to hear what's coming out of her mouth I don't clarify I don't know if the on the other end had the same thing but it's just like it's you're right it's no I draws you in mm-hmm. yeah I mean there's so many Oh gosh, everyone, when I do, when I'm working with people and I work, you know, I, I do tend to 95% actors, I'd say, but you know, I work with, with business professionals and, uh, and the like, and they, everyone will say, oh, I can't do it like that. I mean, the first time we do some of these warmups 
and it's and it's not going to happen right away. You've got to, it. It's an in, you're this is an instrument. It's it is yeah. an instrument. So you really have to practice with it, and you have to. And I love what you said, Martin, about do a low voice, do a high voice, do a nasal voice, play around with it like you did when yeah. you were a kid, just to kind of hear those different. And it's a great way to warm up all the all of your vocal cords. You know, it's a, like to kind of str- yeah. strum a guitar in a sense to kind of get all yeah. those warmed up. I, yeah. I did take a lesson once from a dialect coach because I started doing voiceover stuff and I have a really, mm. I'm sick right now, so my voice sounds a little bit off, but I have a really hard A, like I say bad and bad, like you yeah. said, man, I, I get very nasally there. But I didn't realize that the way we make sounds is just by the shape our mouth makes. <laughs> I didn't realize mm-hmm. that. And you and I and someone from I don't know, South Africa, we do the same thing up until we get into the mouth. And yeah, it's about the the shape yeah. and how we... And I didn't realize like mm-hmm. our muscles are almost, you know, because we've been speaking the same way since we were younger, yeah. that they're formed yeah. to make that shape. Right? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Really and there's a lot of strengthening. You know, you have a lot of muscle. It's. I tell people, too, I say, you just come to the gym yeah. for your voice. <laughs> All right. of these exercises can kind and of equate. Kind of <laughs> yeah, it can equate to... <laughs> no sweat. Yeah, I'll say, right? Well, sometimes. I mean, I say, you know, yeah. this is like a pull-up. This is like a plank, you know, different exercises. Because there's 17 muscles in your tongue. There are. Yeah. Okay. You know. And then the last last thing I'll say about that was after I took that lesson, I became very... Mm. scarily aware of my mm-hmm. tongue. Mm-hmm. And this was probably, I took this lesson like six months ago. My tongue now every night when I go to sleep, I feel like is pushing against my teeth and I can't stop thinking about my tongue and the placement of my tongue. That's and it's funny, haunted as me. You just said that, I, I was thinking the lesson. exact same thing about my tongue. It's like I was very aware of it. Yeah. It's this big old mass. This is big old mass. It takes up all this real estate. Yeah. It takes up it a does. lot of space. All right, enough talking about our growth. And she's telling me to put it back in my throat. Yeah. Famous and Bryant, thank you so much for, for being on the show. If somebody does want to work with you. Oh, oh thank yeah. you so much for I having me. I to come back. I think you're fantastic. Um, but you're very busy and you're hard to nail down. So if people do want to work with you professionally and work on their voice to help them sound more masculine, more mm-hmm. confident, whatever it is that they're trying to achieve with their voice, how and where mm-hmm. can they get in touch with you? They can just email me at jamesonbryant at mac.com or you can go to my website, jamesonbryantdialect. Perfect, and I will have a link for that as well. Thank you so much. And Kristen, thank, thank you. you for being on the show. Kristen, so nice talking with you both. Nice mm-hmm. to talk you. to you too. Yeah, and if you guys take up Jay- Jameson and learn how to speak properly, you can come over to me and learn what words to yeah, actually speak. Exactly. And I'm at kristencarney.com. Yeah, so you guys are a fantastic team. Help. First learn yes. how to say it and then learn Love what it. to say. You guys are wonderful. New yes. episodes of the Ask Women podcast come out every Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific. I messed up a couple of weeks ago and published instead of saved. So it was out a little bit early. So that was a nice, nice treat for you. Hopefully I won't do that in the future. Um, <laughs> but if you want to send in questions to our show that we can overanalyze to death like we did for Lewis today, send them into ask at askwomenpodcast dot com please I know Poor Lewis. he's like ah, I just want to go hiking um, <laughs> we will see you guys next week thank you for listening